This is the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast with Trevor Monaghan and Clive Jones. In this series, we will make fun of each other and share some of our self proclaimed wisdom about understanding what your business is worth now, how to make it worth more, and how to get it ready for sale. So, welcome back to uh, Sell My Business in 10 Weeks, the um, regular four, uh, podcast on. Um, how to uh, maximise the value in selling your business. Uh, I'm Clive Jones, business coach, and I'm Trevor Monaghan, chartered accountant, business valuer. And and what we're going to do today is we're actually going to share with you actually what is an information memorandum. What what are the core components of it, and uh, a little bit as to what each uh, heading means and the, the the guts of what actually goes into it. So the the Initial part of the uh, any information memorandum is is the opportunity that you're actually putting forward uh, to your prospective candidates. What's what's the opportunity all about, Trevor? And you got to think about this um, for your specific business in your specific industry. And and we often get asked the question, you know, but I'm not a real business. I'm just a small business. I'm not, you know, there's nothing fancy about me. I don't need an information memorandum. And and I I dispute that. Every business needs a document to give to somebody when they're looking at buying it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it doesn't necessarily need to be a hundred-page glossy brochure, but every business needs something because you're going to get us. They're going to say, "Show me some information mm-hmm. about your business." So, so what we're actually saying to you is the information memorandum is is your sales brochure. It's just a fancy name for here's my sales pitch. This is actually what I've got to sell. I've thought it through all. Yeah clearly and uh, broken it down into some sort of structure so that anybody looking to buy my business knows what to look at, they know, have a pretty good idea of uh, where to go to find it and uh, they'll be much better informed to make a smart decision and, and to, buy, to buy your business at the end of the day. Yeah, so you know what we're going to do over the course of the next 10 episodes is go through specifically for the information memorandum template that we use that's on our website, we're going to go through those 10 different sections. Um, in a bit more detail with some specific examples. Um, but what we're trying to say here is that we're, we're basically trying to, you know, those of you listening thinking, but, you know, my business is different. My business doesn't need an They're information memorandum. Look, and if you, if you list your business through a broker and your broker hands over financial statements and that's all they hand over, it might not say mm. information memorandum on top, but that's Just, what it is. We, we've got two businesses. Let's, let's say we're looking at... Uh, Two motor mechanics, two two different businesses. One hasn't got an information memorandum, and the other one's got a fully detailed, yeah, you know, everything about the business, all the opportunities, yeah, you know, the threats, everything that you could possibly know about mm-hmm. that business. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, the they're two, you know, face value. They're two pretty much the same sort of uh, businesses. Maybe the same numbers, roughly. Yep. Which one would you prefer to buy? Well, and I'll tell you, as a business valuer, which is my job, and I do mm. valuation for litigations and divorces, so I do you know proper valuations. There's science to it, but there's as much art as there is science. So, and we've talked about this at length before, I'm looking at two things, I'm looking at profitability and I'm looking at risk. Now, something happens in the back of my mind that I can't control. When someone gives me a document that looks makes them look like they're organised, my perception of risk drops. Which that will flow through to high It looks high like costs. they might have some systems in the business to start with, yeah? It just looks like 
they have some kind of clue what they're doing as mm. opposed to if I and we've talked about this so I think it was on episode number seven um, where I was valuing a business on behalf of a, of a potential buyer and asking the seller these questions and it was giving me some very vague and potentially you know abrupt almost insulting like why how dare we ask these type of questions we're looking at buying this business or I'm looking at valuing it he's good mm. you would think he would be trying to um, not be necessarily helpful. be nice but there, be <laughs> helpful that's a good word I don't care if he's my friend but he, mm. you would think it would be in his favor to you know not befriend me but to give me you know a positive look on the you know a, I need to see the good things about the business. I need to be made as a valuer or someone working for a buyer. I need to be, to be very clear on the fact that there are some good things about this business. There are some things that are not perfect and no one's business is perfect, but there's things that are being done about the things that aren't perfect. So the risks that are there are being mitigated in some way. I need to see that. I need to see that the strengths of the business are actually unique, are valuable and are being protected. I can't see that from a set of financial statements. So, you know, about probably less than 25% of the work I do on a, on a business valuation is anything to do with numbers. The other 75% mm. is qualitative. So when you look at the big picture, you're going to get some bugger like me that, you know, even if you manage to be a quick talker and, and talk a potential buyer into looking at the opportunity, they're going to give whatever information that you've got to their accountant or their advisor. And they're not just going to look at the financials, they're going to look at everything else. Now, if you just give the financials. What are they going to make assumptions They've got about nothing stuff. else to go on. So the whole idea of this is that you make the assumption that someone, some kind of advisor that knows what they're doing at some point is going to ask some questions or need some information. So let's, need to preempt that. Let's, let's get back into then, Trevor, what are the components of an okay, information so the, memorandum? The first thing, like you, like you rightly said, the first thing that we always look at is what's the opportunity? And we finished the last podcast talking about the so what test. Mm. You know, most information memorandums that I see or, or quasi-information memorandums. So any, like I was saying, anything that someone hands to a potential buyer is an information memorandum, whether it's got the, that name on top mm. or not. If a broker hands over financials and that's all there is, that's an information it's, memorandum. It's information and it's in writing. If the broker hands over his business card <laughs> and that's it, mm. that's an information memorandum. Mm. It might not be called that, but that's what it is. So yeah. you need to think about, okay, Going back to the psychology we talked about in the last episode, this buyer, why is he looking at buying your business? It's because he's got some kind of problem he needs solved. It might be he needs to make more money and he thinks buying your business is gonna do that. Or he might actually have some kind of issue in his own business where if he buys your business, that's gonna slot in and solve that problem. Maybe it's an economies of scale issue or it's a territory issue or a licensing issue or an intellectual property issue generally, a patent they're trying to buy off you. They're trying to solve a problem. And if you don't think someone's trying to solve a problem, you're you're missing the point. Mm. People don't spend money unless it's solving and, a problem. And just a key thing, yeah, the opportunity, yeah, is it's their opportunity. It's their opportunity. Not your not opportunity. Your, <laughs> right. The opportunity. So the heading doesn't say the opportunity and then the next line, the opportunity is I'm gonna sell this business and retire. That's not what we're talking about. Although I have heard people think that that's what you put in that section. The opportunity is, you know, why your business? Why, and there's a, there's a guru called Alan Weiss, who's just a guru consulting, nothing to do with this topic, but he's got this saying that he says, why me, why now, why in this manner? Mm. He, he uses that when he's quoting a job. He basically says, why has this person come to me? Why, you know, why me, why now, and why in this manner? And you've got to just sort of think about that. This person coming to me to potentially buy this business, that's the only reason they've seen this document, is because they've got interest in buying the business. Why? Why? Why this business? Why now? And why? Why are they potentially going to buy it in this manner? What is it? 
What is the opportunity? What is this big carrot for them? What is the problem that you're trying to solve? Hey, imagine if you knew their problem and in the opportunity section, you talked about how your business solves that problem. Mm-hmm. That'd be an idea. So if you knew, for example, that's right, um, and you got really specific in the last episode, I gave you some homework and said, you know, name at least five potential buyers. Mm-hmm. If you knew one of them was maybe a specific one of your competitors and you knew they had, they didn't have a head office in your town or suburb. Maybe it was a real estate business, maybe it was a plumbing business, maybe it was a bookkeeping business. Doesn't matter, but maybe they just didn't have any anyone on the ground in your territory. And you knew that they thought having someone in your territory would complete their set. And they and they saw, you know, you thought that they saw some massive value in being able to service the whole area. Um, then it would be remiss of you not to be talking in the opportunity section about right. how them taking advantage of that territory is going to complete their set. And what that leverage is going to do mm-hmm. to their existing profitability, not just your I think, profitability. Trevor, that's good. You're getting very excited here, Trevor, <laughs> I can tell. But if we're going to get through this list inside this podcast, I think we probably need to And so that's the overriding cover thing. Over the, you need uh, to be specific about identifying and matching the need or the want of the buyer yeah. against your business. That's it. So be relevant. Just like when you type into Google, Google gives you relevant answers. Mm-hmm. We're going to give, going to give people That's some relevance. It. So what's the second? And that session? may that may change for your different targets. So uh, second second section is the business background and structure. So a little bit of history, a little bit of structure about your business. Yeah, where's it come from? Where's it headed to? And um, yeah, just the the basic overview. Yeah. So you know, paint paint the picture. Paint the picture. Get them to understand what your business is now and where it's been. And, and is there any history? Yeah, and who owns the shares? Are you selling the whole yeah. thing or just the, the mm. goodwill? You know, yeah. Are you keeping some of the equipment? Yeah. Just the, the, the nuts and bolts stuff because don't That's assume it. that they, you know, don't assume anything. Mm. May, even if it, if it seems obvious, put it down. You might be famous, but they might not know about you. Exactly. Um, Tell them you're famous. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a big deal. The, uh, the third section is uh, all about your client base. Yes, this is the client base of your your business and we're talking about the target markets that you're dealing with and uh, everything and anything to do with the that sort of sales front end who who you who your Especially client base Especially if you is. think part of the value or most of yeah, the value contracts. Is, your, is your con- contracts or your customer base mm. or your database. Be very specific about yeah. what you've got there. That's right. This, uh, this can be a fair asset. The other thing, yeah, built into that part is, have you got a database? I can suggest to you, if you haven't got a database at the moment, start building one, because uh, it can add a significant value. All right, step four, uh, section four, is all about the solutions. What is, what's the business you're in? What are the products and services that you're actually offering? And don't assume that, if, you know, that you're a plumber because uh, different plumbers do different things, mm. different specialties. Some do gas fittings, some right. don't. Be very specific mm. about what what you actually do as a service. Yeah. What problems you're solving in the marketplace, and you know, be very, as specific as you can, so that then again, depending on what you think the buyer needs to know. Mm. So if they're looking at, um, you know, they're looking at buying a full service plumbing business or a full service accounting firm, whatever it is, if you think that's what they're after, we'll very clearly show you have the full service you've menu. you've got it all there. If, you, if you're focused on a particular niche, then focus on the reasons and what you have in that niche. Uh, chapter five in your information memorandum is, again, your sales and marketing 
channels of distribution, the strategies that you have in place, the, um, the any statistics, any tracking that you have around all that sort of conversion thing. Conversion rates. Conversion rates, lead generation, your average dollar sale. Some examples yeah, of Frequency of purchasing, all that sort of thing. Website. Yep. Flyers. There's bucket loads of things that you and can the, put in, in there. Interesting thing there, just as, as a quick aside, and I won't go on about it, but uh, I had someone fill in that section with no need to market, the product sells itself. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> section six is your people. Now, they're a fairly major asset if, uh, as long as you're not a one man band, um, you, you've probably got a number of people that have fairly valued uh, assets in your business that uh, may like to carry on with a job if somebody else buys it. Um, and they could have, you know, if you, if, you, if you put all their strengths and their their, um, their detail, what their roles are in the business, all that sort what of thing. What they're getting paid, what yeah. contracts have got in place. All the information about them so that people know what they're buying. And I think the, the most important thing as well, which employees probably going to yeah. stay on who are the key players and yeah and which are probably not going to be there that's it or yeah. would take a redundancy because yeah. it's not about what the business mm. is doing now mm. even though that's relevant yeah it's, it's really all about the future that's so right. if there's key employees there don't go bragging about them if they're not going to mm. be coming across yeah. talk about how you're going to mitigate that risk that they're not coming across that's what's more relevant that's right and uh, yeah as far as you the owner of the business is concerned how try, much, to try to prove how, and we'll talk about systems. How much is the business reliant upon you, or do you have the systems in place mm. to make sure that uh, you can uh, leave the business and it carries on running? Talk about what you do, and more, more importantly, that yeah. how it's going to get done when you're not there. That's right. Um, section seven: your production resources and your processes. Okay, so you may have a business that has production, yeah, physical manufacturing, producing products. So you've got machinery and all that sort of thing. But you also might be in a service type business, a travel agent, for example, and uh, they do a lot of uh, work on the phone and in the computers and all that sort of thing, customer service related yeah, business. They've still got processes that they follow. It's still production. So, it's still production it's still is the operation of the business. It's really so, everything, once yeah. a sale happens to, you know, basically completing a job and getting paid, everything in the middle mm. there is production. That's... This is the, the section with, you know, you've got to put your systems there. That's it. What systems, checklists, mm. and we'll go into a bit more detail in a future episode about those those things we, we mm. would like to see in that section. How do you manage those systems as well? So you can put that all in there. And, and systems don't, as we've talked about before, and well, again, systems don't have to be a big convoluted procedures manual necessarily. No. You just have to show people that there is a way of doing it. That's right. Checklists and everything. Uh, section eight. All about the numbers. So we briefly mentioned uh, the financials before, but it's not just the financials. Certainly, they'll be uh, very relevant. Um, but you know, things like I mentioned in the sales section, for example, we key performance indicators, yeah. all those sort of numbers. Well, as yeah, well. We might have touched on these again, like in the opportunity mm. or in the background section. Yeah. But this is really where we're putting the P and L, potentially the balance sheet if that's relevant, some key KPIs. Yeah. Um, Know, and again, isn't it interesting that the numbers is section eight out of ten, mm. where in most sales situations someone just just hands over the financials. Yeah, um, it just just shows you how mm. much uh, more work you have to do than handing over financials. That's right. I don't know if you're sort of feeling 
by now that there's a fair bit of detail that goes into these information memorandums, but uh, you can see how all this information is uh, pretty important for anybody, any potential buyer to be comfortable about handing the, over the a, a water money. Some of these things might only take a couple of sentences. Oh yeah, that's right. So it's not like mm. if we say, mm. you know, fill in you know, your solution, say products and services, mm. you might just dot point six mm. things. Yeah. That might be in your case all that's relevant to the buyer. Mm. That's right. So we're not saying write a, write a, um, a, a novel. novel. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, who's going to sit and read a novel anyway? The uh, section nine is all about your competitors. Why would we talk about competitors, Trevor? Because we need to know the landscape. As a buyer, I want to know. Um, it'd be nice enough if I'm if I'm a competitor looking at buying the business. It'd be funny, but I'd feel <laughs> I'd feel left out if I wasn't on there. <laughs> feel <unre> disrespected. <laughs> But it's it's all about again. We, it ties into the next one, section ten, is the it, risks and mitigations. It does. So yeah. you, your document can't just be all rosy because mm. no business is all rosy, and you we have to be honest. That's right. We've mentioned it before. If you if you actually put the warts and all out there, people are more likely to sort of take it at face value and not go looking for some more warts. Exactly. They'll they'll you know again. You've just you don't want human beings having to make assumptions because mm. we don't do it very well. We go off. We 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 just we're all pessimists. Mm. We'll all think the worst. Now, if there's bad things, well, if there's bad things that aren't mitigated, then they're going to be found out. Like if you don't, if you've got one or two major customers, and there's no contracts in place, and the customers are you know about to leave you, it will be found out, mm. and you will probably be sued about that. Mm -hmm. So you might as well put it in the document That's in advance right. because what can happen, and I've seen it happen, you might spend. Tens, maybe even hundreds of hours negotiating and going through the, the, the sale process for it to fall apart after spending tens of thousands of dollars on legal and accounting advice at the mm. very end because something came out of the woodwork and the yeah. buyer said, oh, I've had known that at the start and would have been interested. That's right. They're going to find out. Don't mm. be naive enough to think that they're going to be naive enough to miss stuff. Mm. And if they've got a good solicitor, those things will be in the contract that even if you do get past the sale process and they write the check, you might still have to get that check back if you've breached what we call warranties. That's right. So you warrant that the information mm. that you had given them is all true. If six months later they find out that something you said in the information memorandum wasn't true, they say, here's the keys back, I want my check. Give me the money back. And maybe even some damages on top. That's right. So there's, there's, your, uh, there's your 10 sections. So we've got the opportunity, business background and structure, target markets and existing customers, your solutions, your product and service, marketing, sales and distribution strategies, your people, production resources and process, the numbers, the competition, and the risks and mitigations of uh, anything in the business there. So the only other thing you might have in your info memo is to have some attachments of some of the, the, the detail, the collateral to back it all up. And if you want to get access to that template, it's on our website. It's super cheap. And the website address is sellmybusinessin10weeks.com. Um, a customized information memorandum will cost you anywhere from ten dollars to $30,000 in the marketplace. And you'll find ours is currently, at the time of recording, less than $100. Very user-friendly. Uh, each, each section laid out, pretty simple for, for anyone to understand. And they're, they're selling pretty well at the moment and we're getting a lot of feedback from people that are using them and finding them helpful to actually uh, help you to articulate and, and tease out the valuable things about your business. 
that you might not actually be aware until we actually ask these these questions of you. And um, you know, I think that's probably enough for this episode. We're going to go into a bit more depth in the next few episodes about each individual section. Um, you can subscribe to our podcast at sellmybusinessin10weeks.com. Uh, there's a free business valuation report there. Uh, one of Clive's ebooks is on there as well on how to systemize your business. Um, not exactly called that, but that's roughly what it does. And we'll also give you advance notice of upcoming podcasts. That's sellmybusinessin10weeks.com. Um, send us an email. The email address is on the website. And um, subscribe through iTunes and leave us a comment. We'd love to we hear from you. We look forward to hearing about them. We'll talk to you all soon. And uh, next episode will be about the opportunity. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast. And just remember the advice is only general in nature. But if you are serious about selling your business, you should check out the resources page of our website where we've got videos and templates to create an awesome pitch document for your business, which you will need if you're selling. And don't forget to subscribe on our website for advanced notification and bonus materials.